series, we're going through the story of the life of David, and I was like, what an awesome opportunity to have a true Israelite <laughs> join us. And so he was said, absolutely. So I want to pray for him, and then we're just going to hand it off. So, Father, we pray that you would bless these words that obviously speaks to us, that we would hear your voice as he speaks. We pray that you would um, speak to our hearts and change our lives in your precious name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Brian. Before I forget, the end, uh, the, after the service at the table, we have some of those brochures. And uh, please, uh, this is free, so please take them. And I don't want to take any back home, okay? So please take it, read us, read about us, pray about us. And um, another question. How many of you have been in Israel? Wow, yeah. Okay. For those who have not been, and for those who have been and want to come again, we have a tour in September. There goes my message. Okay. <laughs> oh, don't worry, brother. I'm fine. And uh, I want to encourage you to get, we have a, a brochure that talks about this great uh, Dugi tour we're doing in Israel in September, starting um, September 13 for, for nine days. It's a very good price. So I really want to encourage you. If you've never been in Israel, this is your chance. And if you have been in Israel, it's been too long ago, come again and be refreshed. So I really want to encourage you to go after this to the back. And Laura, our admi administrator, she will be there, and she will give you all the information. We would love to have you. Pastor Brian, maybe you can come for, for a few days to Israel. Take, bring a group from this church, amen? We'd love to. Uh, Jeff, no, I don't know. I want you. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, you know, Pastor Brian, when you asked me about 10, 12 days ago, something led to share about, King, about David, and you gave me the chapters, I decided, okay, I'm going to read every day those chapters for 10 days. And I want you to know, every day I read them, I was so inspired. Every time I saw something else in the scriptures. And I just want to thank you for asking me to do that. The word of God is so rich. Amen? You're not sure? I am sure. It's rich. Trust me. And uh, I enjoyed every bit of it. So, uh, before, we, uh, before we, I start sharing... I like us to read the scriptures. You know, in, in our congregation, back home in Israel, we, our service is on Shabbat, and we read the Torah. We read the scriptures, the Old Testament and the prophets. So before we go anywhere, let's read the word, okay? So my English is, you know, is somehow okay. You know, it's my second language. So I'm going to ask my future son-in-law, Eric, to come here. His English is much better because he's from Georgia. And he's going to read from 1 Samuel chapter 17, 1 Samuel chapter 17, from verse 12 to 33, 12 to 33. That's all you're able to read today. Okay. Now David was the son of a certain Ephratim man of Bethlehem of Judah, whose name was Jesse. 
He had eight sons, and during the days of Saul, the man was old, advanced in years among men. Now the three oldest sons of Jesse had already left and gone after Saul to the battle. The names of his three sons who went to the battle were Eliav, the firstborn, and second to him, Abinadav, and the third, Shammah. David was the youngest, so the three oldest followed Saul. Now David would go back and forth from Saul to tending his father's sheep by Bethlehem. For the forty days that Philistine, for forty days that Philistine would come out every morning and evening to the pres- to present himself. Then Jesse said to his son David, "Take now for your brothers an ephah of this roasted grain and these ten loaves, and carry them quickly to the camp to your brothers. Also take these ten slices of cheese to the captain of their thousand." And check out the welfare of your brothers and bring back some token from them. They were with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. So David rose up early in the morning, left the flock with a keeper, took the provisions, and went as Jesse had commanded him. When he reached the camp, the army was going out to the battle line, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines drew up their battle lines, army against army. Then David left his baggage in the care of the baggage keeper and ran to the battle line and entered to check out his brother's welfare. But as he was talking with them, behold, the champion, the Philistine from Gat, named Goliath, was coming up from the ranks of the Philistines, and he spoke these same words, and David heard them. Upon seeing him, all the men of Israel fled from him in great fear. All the men of Israel were saying, Have you seen this man who keeps coming up? Surely he is going to, surely he is coming up to defy Israel. The man who kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches, give him his daughter in marriage, and make his father's house tax-free in Israel. Then David asked the men who were standing by him, saying, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the ranks of the living God? The people answered him with the same speech, saying, Thus it will be done for the man who strikes him down. Now when Eliab, his older brother, heard him speaking to the men, Eliab's anger was kindled against David. Why, why have you come down here? he asked. So with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your insolence and the wickedness of your heart, for you've come down here to watch the battle. What have I done now? David said. It was only a question. Then he turned away from him towards someone else and asked the same question. So the people gave him the same answer as before. The words that David said were overheard and reported before Saul. He was taken to him. David said to Saul, Let no one's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Then Saul said to David, You can't go fight this Philistine, for you're just a youth, and he's been a warrior since his youth. Thank you. Let's pray. Abba Father, we come before you in the name that is above all names, Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah, our Savior, our Lord. I want to thank you for the reading of the word, the word of God. I want to thank you for the spirit of God in this room. I want to thank you for this opportunity to share what you have put in my heart to share this morning. Lord, we give you all the honor and the glory because you are worthy of all our praise. You alone are God, as we sang earlier. 
we give you all the honor, all the honor and all the glory in Yeshua's name. Amen. So this story, as we read, comes after the prophet Samuel. Now, in Hebrew, we call Shmuel. That's his name. You think we can, you know what, let's see if we can try to say it. Can we say Shmuel? Very good. Boy, you have a very good class. You see, I can teach Hebrew here. Very good. Okay, Shmuel. So, this prophet Shmuel has anointed David as king. And you think, wow, as soon as he got anointed, he should be king, right? No, he didn't get it. He was anointed as king, but he went back to take care of his, the flock of his dad. Because meanwhile, King Saul was still king. This is important. King Saul was still the king of Israel. And in fact, later on, much later on, King Saul wanted to kill David. Wow. Have you ever felt that God has anointed you and called you to do something and your friends want to come and kill you for that? I guess you're in Jackson, Florida. You don't have these kind of problems here, okay? <laughs> Only in Israel. Okay. So, uh, this prophet Shmuel, Samuel, has anointed David. And my question is, why did Samuel the prophet anointed David. Do you know the answer for that? God told him, but why? Because King Saul turned back from following the Lord and his commandments. Saul did not obey the voice of the Lord. But David, what was he doing? He was obeying his father's orders. He was watching the flock of Jesse, the flock of his father. He was following the instructions of his dad, doing a good job. Now, a question I have. What was David doing while watching the flock of his dad? Oh, I know. He pulled out his smartphone and started playing games. Oh, no, they didn't have smartphones. Oh, yes, that's right. They didn't have smartphones then. <laughs> So what did David do while he was watching the flock? Remember he had a harp? And he was just playing the harp. So while he was playing the harp, what was he doing? Oh, dancing disco. No, what was he doing? Worshipping the Lord. Worshipping the Lord. So first of all, David, first of all, was a worshipper of God. I can see David in the field in Bethlehem. Now, for those who have been in Israel, if you remember, you have Jerusalem, and about a few miles south is Beit Lechem. Beit Lechem in Hebrew means house of bread. Bethlehem in English. Bethlehem. So, this is south of, and it's in the Judean desert. Judea desert, okay? So, I can see David. That's how we call him. David. I can see him playing the harp and just worshiping the Lord. I can see him just, you know, saying, 
I worship you. I worship you. The reason I live is to worship you. I worship you. I worship you. The reason I live is to worship you. He was, first of all, a worshiper of God, then a king. Isn't that beautiful? I can see that in my eyes. Now, while he was worshiping, when a bear showed up and stole one of his sheep, what did he do? Sure, go ahead, take another one. I'm too busy. No, no. What did he do? How many fathers do we have here today? Fathers? Now, let me ask you a question. If somebody came and kidnapped your child, what will you do? Sure, take another one. <laughs> no, what would you do? A good father, what would you do? You go after this guy and beat him up. Kill him if you have to and get your children back to you. Uh-huh, right? Well, that's, that, that's exactly what David did. When he saw a bear stealing one of his sheep, he went after that bear and got that sheep from his hands. The, the, same, the next time, a lion showed up. And the lion did the same thing. Took a, 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 one of the sheep. What did he do? He ran after this lion, pulled him by his beard, and struck him, a knockout, and took the sheep back to the flock. Now that's a good father, right? That's a good watchman. I like to hire this watchman. I mean, he is really doing his job with all his heart. So he passed the test. Okay? He passed those tests, watching the, his father's flock. So now comes the big challenge. What is the big challenge? Goliath. Isn't that wonderful? Here Goliath come. So in verse 10, we read that... Um, the Philistines, this giant, he goes, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight for, together. So first of all, these Philistines, what does he do? He curses the God of Israel. He curses the God of Israel. And um, by the way, you know that um, if you look through history, nothing has changed, by the way. Not that I want to get into politics, but you know, every morning at the mosque in Gaza, you know what they do, the Muslims and the, the, the Palestinians? They curse us every day. They curse Israel every day. Nothing has changed. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Nothing has changed. And um, so when David comes to the battle, to the battlefield. And again, he came because he followed his father's instructions. He got some supplies, some food, and he went to the battlefield according to the, the commandments, according to the, what his father asked him to do. And he goes from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. As I told you, it's about a few miles south of Jerusalem. And the battlefield is between Bethlehem and Hebron. Hebron is another city further south. And in those areas, 
you have uh, Soko, Adulam, and Azeka. Those three places, right there in the same area. And again, it's the Judean desert. You know, and uh, if you come to Israel now, it's summer, and it's everything desert, everything yellow. When I come here, I'm like, boy, you're so blessed. It's everything green here. How do you paint everything green? Because you have water. You have so much water. Everywhere you have so much water. You are so blessed. So if this morning you got up and you're complaining, I suggest we buy you a ticket to Baghdad, one-way ticket. <laughs> You'll come back on your four. Anyhow. <clears throat> so you are blessed. Every morning you get up, you say, thank you, Jesus, for living in the free United States of America, in Florida, Jacksonville. Amen? So, David, David is going to the battlefield, and he sees from afar Goliath and the Philistines. And in verse 26, look what he asked David. David spoke to the man who stood by him, saying, what shall be done for the man who kills these Philistines and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistines that he should defy the armies of the living God? He, he, he cursed the armies of God, the name of God, the God of Israel. So you see, David is coming from a different, different place. He's not coming from a place of oh, fear because, you know, all the Israelis who were there, at the battlefield, ready to approach the Philistines in battle, they what? They were afraid. Why they were afraid? Because of this giant. And they just look at the circumstances and they were full of fear. But David came from where? He came from watching the flock, <laughs> from worshiping the Lord. And he came from a total different place. So again, David came to the battlefield from a place of worship. David came because he obeyed the instructions of his father, Jesse, bringing supplies to his brothers. So when the Israelites around David heard David, David the way he spoke, they took him to King Saul. And in verse 33, we read, and Saul said to David, you're not able to go against these Philistines to fight with him, for you're just a youth. You're, you're just, you're little. Who are you? And he's a man of war. And since he was a youth, he was a man of war. And you're just a youth, you're not a man of war. Have you ever been in a place where you felt God told you to do something, and your friends are telling you, don't do it? You're not able to. You're too young. You have no experience. Who do you think you are? Nobody? I guess only me. I have those challenges. I guess you don't. I'm just teasing you. So let's see what David responds. Let's just read in verse 34 how David responds to all this. So David said to Shaul, in Hebrew we say Shaul, Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from his mouth. And when it arose against me, 
I caught it by its head, beard, and struck and killed it. Good job, David. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and these uncircumcised Philistines will be like one of them. He'll be the same. Seeing he has defiled, who he has defiled? The armies of the living God. In Hebrew, we say Adonai Tsevaot, the Lord of hosts. Now, David, this young man, didn't stop there. He continues. Um, moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the power of the lion and from the power of the bear, he would deliver me from the hand of these Philistines. And Saul said to David, okay, go. The Lord be with you. We'll be praying for you. But then something funny happens. In verse 38, King Saul said, wait, 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 David, before you go, let me help you here. Let me put my armor upon you. So can you imagine David standing there? Okay. And they put all this stuff on him. And Saul tells him, okay, go now. And he goes, he's like, it's not working. Took it off, put it aside, and said, I'm going to do the way I know. Have you ever been in a place where you, uh, somebody wants you to, be, to do things the way they do things, and it doesn't work for you? Only one or two people. Okay. The rest of you must be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but David said, I know who I am. I come from a place of watching the flock and worship, and I know how I can face this giant. Now, you can use your tools, but I have my own tools. Amen? You see, when you face a giant, no matter what giant you face, you know, you know Pastor Brian can pray with you, can stand with you, I'll stand with you and pray for you. But you have to have your own armor, the shield of faith. Amen? This is important. We all need to come to a place where we, have, where we walk by faith. Of course, if I'm, I'm lacking of faith, I can ask David, come. Pastor Brian, please help me, join me, support me. And he will. But you need to walk. You need to walk by faith, on your own faith, trusting God. And it comes from a place of worship. Amen? Let's continue with the story. I tell you, when I read this ten times, I could, I could have five messages. <laughs> There's so much there. There's so much there. I love it. Thank you so much for giving me this challenge. I love it. So... What, what does he do? What does David do? Oh, he goes and gets the F-16s and the F-35s and all the big airplanes. You know, I was in the Israeli Air Force, so I, I relate to that. Or he gets all the tanks that we have in Israel. No, no, no. He doesn't get any of this. What does he do? I mean, this David is crazy. What does he do? Okay. So then in verse 40, it says, David took his staff in his hand. And he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook 
and put them in a shepherd's bag, in a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistines. So he came to him with a sling and five stones. Oi vey. Oh, no, 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 no. Oi vey. This is impossible. Now, where did he pick those stones? The brook. Wow. Remember, I told you it's Judean desert. He found the brook. Yeah, we'll talk about it later, and I'll come back to it. But just, just put it there somewhere in your mind, okay? So he comes and faces this giant, this Goliath, and uh, let's see what happens. Verse 43. I'll read from verse 43 to verse 47. So the Philistines said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistines cursed David by his gods. So these Philistines, this Goliath, is continuing cursing David and cursing the God of Israel. Brother and sister, don't mess with the God of Israel. <laughs> You're in trouble. So, um, so the Philistines, uh, so in, um, verse 44, the Philistines said to David, Come to me and I will give you your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And David said to the Philistine, Aha, uh -huh, this is what you think. Okay, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin, but I come to you in the name, the name of the Lord of hosts, hallelujah, the God of Israel, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied, whom you have cursed, but I'm coming to you in that name. We'll see which, who wins. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcass of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and wild beasts of the earth. That all the earth may know. That the old earth may know what? There is a God in Israel. The God of Israel. The Lord of hosts. I love it. And he takes one stone. One stroke. And what? He struck Goliath in his forehead, and Goliath falls and is dead. Now we know the rest of the story, right? <laughs> the rest of the story, you know, David even doesn't have a sword. <laughs> so he takes the sword of Goliath and cuts his head off and then shows everybody the head of Goliath. Look at this. <laughs> I love it. I just love it. So in verse 50, it says, So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistines and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. So David ran, stood over the Philistine, drew the sword, and cut his head off. And when the Philistines saw that their champion is dead, what did they do? They fled. <laughs> and then the Israelis who were so afraid, suddenly what happened to them? They were encouraged because of what David did. And they ran after the Philistines. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So definitely, David was an inspiration to the rest of the Israelites. Amen? So, let me ask you, we see a great victory, but now I'd like to come back to the brook. Where did David pick up the stones at the brook. In other words, 
he found water in the desert. In this Judean deserts, he found the water, the brook, and that's where he stood and picked up the stones. You know, this is where I want to be, in the brook where the living waters are. Amen? Now let me take this incident and relate it to another story in the New Testament. Is this okay with you? Do you believe in the New Testament? I'm just checking, making sure I'm in the right church, you know. So let's go to John. John chapter 4. John chapter 4, we have Jesus who meets this Samaritan woman. Where does he meet her? At the well. The well of Jacob. Okay? So I'd like to read to you uh, from John chapter 4, verse uh, 6 to 14. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weird uh, from his journey, tired, uh, said this by the well, and it was about the sixth hour, and a woman of Samaria came to draw water, so Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink for me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. Jews and Samaritans don't talk. Jesus answered to her, said, if you knew the gift of God and who is with you, says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he will give you living water. Now, this woman, she doesn't know who Jesus is, definitely. So she says to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is very deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? So Jesus answers to her. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I we shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become him in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Brothers and sisters, we need to be in that brook of the living waters. We may have around us big desert. Everything is dry, dry as dry can be. We need to look for that brook of the living waters. There we'll find those stones that we need to fight the battle. You see, it is in the presence of the Lord that's where we belong. Amen. I love that song. In your presence, this is where I belong. In your presence, this is where I want to be. See, I can face any giant when I'm worshiping him. I can face any giant, 
when I am in his presence. This is where I belong. Have you ever faced a bear? Or have you ever faced a lion? You know, in Hebrew, we have the word Satan, which means the devil, Satan. Satan will try to steal, kill, and destroy. Whatever you have, he will try to steal it. Whatever you have, he will try to destroy it, and he will try to kill you, because that's the way Satan is. So what do we do? Okay, we call the Marines. <laughs> we call the tanks. We call the Air Force. You can do that. But I tell you what I will do. I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will worship him. I would like to call the worship team to come up here, if it's okay. As the worship team is getting ready, I just want to declare that nothing, absolutely nothing, is too difficult for God. Amen? If you are facing a giant, you are facing a challenge, and you say, this is impossible. There is no way I can do it. Yes, you cannot do it. But God can. Nothing is too difficult for God. Nothing is impossible for God. Amen? God is able to do more than you ever, ever thought. God is able. Nothing is impossible with God. I want to encourage you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean on to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. Amen. Do you believe that? Yes. If you believe it, I'm going to ask you to stand up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I want to thank you. Lord, I want to thank you that you are able. Whatever challenge each person stands here, faces, you are able to do the impossible. Lord, if it is finances, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider. Lord, if it's a job, you are able to provide a good job. Lord, if it's other challenges, family problems, Lord, you are able to fix it. Lord, if it's issue of sicknesses, you are the healer. You are the Lord the healer. Adonai Roi. Adonai Roenu. Ofenu. You are the Lord the healer. Nothing is impossible with you, O God. Lord, we worship you. We worship you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. You are worthy of all our praise. Of all our praise. And we worship you. We worship you, Lord. We love you. We love you, Lord. We worship you.